Many families don't see the importance of attending Mass every Sunday. How do we pull them in? Make them feel welcome and keep them coming back. I'm your host, Edward Herrera, and we're talking about creative ways to get more minivans to Mass. This week, I'm speaking with Tom Corcoran, who is the associate to the pastor at the Church of the Nativity in Timonia, Maryland. He is the co-author of a number of books, including the best-selling Rebuilt, and his latest book is Church Money. This week, we're going to be speaking about welcoming young families. I just I remember a lunch we had a it's been about six nine months ago at this mm-hmm. point, and I remember you said that uh, a lot of times being family friendly is actually pretty simple. It's just that people don't don't do it right. Right. Well, that's, that's kind of our thing. Is church is simple but not easy. And we go we go back to say really there's three things that every church needs to do to really be successful and growing and healthy to fulfill the the Great Commission, the fulfilled mission Jesus gave us, which is to be welcoming the outsiders, to uh, create a great weekend experience, and to shape a clear discipleship path for the people in the pews. Again, all very simple things are simple concepts, but difficult to execute, and execution makes the difference. Uh, so when it comes to hospitality, I think there's a lot, not a lot of complexity to it in the sense that we want to be begin by thinking by the person in mind who's not used to coming to our church. So often we think like insiders because we go to the church and we're there every single week. And for us, it's just you know, second nature. But we want to, it begins, I think, by just walking into the experience of your church, beginning on the parking lot or beginning wherever people enter the church and think about it. What would it be like to come to this for the very first time? Or what would it be like to come to, into this experience? And I haven't been to church in a long time. Go somewhere where you have you don't know what you're doing. You don't know the rules. You don't know the the culture. Go experience that for yourself and then come back to your church and say, hey, how did I feel? I want to make that person feel welcome and hospitable who felt the same way I did when I stepped into that outside environment. Absolutely. I And so what would, uh, for someone who's not been to Nativity, what would be that experience or the, the experience that you're hoping for yeah. when they, when <laughs> they, right. So I, I know sometimes, it, uh, but so what, what would be the experience that you would be hoping for? Like a family comes to Nativity for the first time. What's that experience that you want them to have? Yeah, that's a great point. Cause we don't always get it right. So, and I get to visit other churches Always sometimes. along the way, right? <laughs> All along the way. I get to visit other churches right now, and I'm helping them to evaluate their weekend experience and their hospitality. And then sometimes I'm writing down notes. I'm like, are we getting this right now? I, I see very clearly as an outsider what they should be doing, but... And that's sort of the advantage of being an outsider. You can see that. You know, I, I think, first of all, again, because we're in the suburbs, we say the experience begins on the parking lot. That from the very first time somebody pulls up to the church, they see parking ministers out there helping them to direct them to a spot because... Again, that's their experience with us begins on the parking lot. Now, if you're a city church, people that might be a little bit different experience. People yeah. might be walking, but I think probably most people listening to this, that's where it begins for them. And just having people out there directing parking, helping people find a spot, just creates a, a feeling of excitement. Hey, people are out here. Yeah, and that's one of the things that the hospitality ministers in general do. It's just creating excitement. If people give their time and their energy to this, it must be important. It must matter. Uh, so from for us, it begins in the parking lot. For children and families, one of the things we try to do is we have some parking right up front nice. uh, where we have some coned-off spaces um, where people, families can come in and park closer to the children's wing where we have our children's programs, get a little bit closer, you know, especially, I don't know, 
how old your kids are, Ed, I forget, but yeah. remember those things you carried, you know, the the the, the things that clipped in, I came, the car seats you uh, I'm carried? about to get another one of okay, those. Okay, there yeah. you go, yeah. They're just, I mean, I look at people, they're so uncomfortable, so hard to carry. If there's just a few le- less steps to take, yeah. uh, if you're bringing little kids to a parking lot, that's nerve wracking, right? That, the, yeah. that there's cars coming in, it's like the most dangerous place in the world for little kids. <laughs> so our parking ministers hopefully are helping people say, navigate the traffic, making it a little bit safer for families like that. Again, getting a little closer, but just beginning by that, that again, experiencing what it's like for others to experience coming to our church and just have an empathy for that. It yeah. starts there. Nice, nice. And I guess the other uh, the other question would be th- that you all use the language of Sunday experience, right? That that's, uh, there, there's a great focus on Sunday, and I mean, the Lord has kind of a big focus on Sunday too. Uh, so I, I guess when talking about the Sunday experience, uh, how is how is thinking about that um, and kind of that experience that you want them to have really um, when you're talking about like programs and things, that there's really an attention given to the way in which you're offering programs that's supportive to families and individuals and things like that. Does that make sense? Like to yeah. really, I mean, I think for us, you know, in, in our book that we call it, it's about the weekend stupid. And we say we were the stupid because it took us so long to understand this. But for most people in our church, their experience on Sunday or Saturday night, if they're coming, whatever they have on the weekend, that is their experience of church culture. And they base everything off of that. And so for the unchurched person who's, again, reaching the lost, um, which is a key value for us, for the unchurched person, if they come and it's a great experience and they come, they feel like they've been cared for, they've been nurtured, they've, been, they've experienced hospitality, they're going to come back. For the, uh, for, the, for the church person, it's when we ask them, we're pay, making an investment into the bank account. And if they come and have a great experience, if they find value, again, if there's hospitality, we would talk about music and message. If there's an experience that adds value to their life and helps them ultimately in their faith with, in God, but also in every area of their life, when we ask to say, hey, we want you to take another step of faith, we want, we want to encourage you to do this, we've built up trust with them. So that's why the weekend is so so core to what we do. Uh, when it comes to families, what we are trying, we want to create an environment that every family could be be welcome to every, no matter where you are in this spectrum it's going to be welcoming it's going to be a good experience so i mean one of our key things for us is having children's programs from every age from about six weeks uh up to you know when we start with children we're thinking about through fifth grade yeah. i think middle school and high school gets a little bit different uh and so for us we're gonna we want to create an experience where if your first time coming we'll encourage you to use our children's programs you're probably not because it's your first time there and you're you're just not quite comfortable with sure, this yet, sure. but we want to drive you there uh, because we think you're going to get more out of the experience if you're dropping your children off at our kids' programs. But um, so when we start with, we have our kids zone, which is from six months to about five years. Uh, our all-stars program is six months to five years. Uh, we've renamed it, so that's why I'm, I'm getting that wrong. But uh, <laughs> we like to change names sometimes. But, uh, you know, so those programs are opportunities to drop your kids off. And then it's not just babysitting, but it's faith formation for little kids. So they have a great experience. And then you, again, then the parents can come and they can listen to the message, you know, to the hom- father white homily, the experience, the music, and they can have a good experience, not chasing their kids down. Yeah. Um, you know, I, again, I make use of our kids programs, but whenever I go to another church and if they don't have those programs, I'm like, I'm like, this is why I use my kids programs. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. we have these programs because it's hard to focus your attention on God and the worship of mass yeah. when you're tracking down your little kids. So that's, and then for us, we also have our children's liturgy, the word program, 
um, we call time travelers, and that's from you know first grade through fifth grade. Okay, and and so with that, I think sometimes we don't think that our programs are actually an, an act of hospitality too, right? I mean that there's that that the fact that mm. you're meeting a uh, a child where they're at in their faith development is an act of hospitality as opposed to you know, perhaps not being able to see over the pew or something like that when they're kneeling, you know, I mean, so that's these a great point. I never actually thought about it, but in that way, but that is a great point. It is, uh, again, hospitality, right. Is just thinking about the perspective, the other person's perspective. They're you're welcoming them into your house, right? If some, someone comes to your house, you want to create an environment for them where they can be welcome and enjoy, right? You, you want the house to be clean. That's a key part of hospitality, by the way. Um, you want the house to be clean and neat. Nobody wants to sit in other people's dirt or junk, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how sometimes dirt and junk in your house doesn't bother you, but it does bother you in someone else's house. So you want it to be clean and neat. You want them, you know, you want to give them a drink, you know, make them feel comfortable. Uh, you want, you don't want like loud noises and things like that. You want the environment to be suit them. And if they had little kids, you'd probably have toys there for them to play with or try to yeah. entertain them in some way. So exactly in the same way. And again, obviously for us, it's not just about entertainment. It's about but it is about creating environments that are age appropriate yeah. and which meet the needs of the people that are that are coming to us. No, and it's funny because when we – I remember when I used to do more work with baptism, for example, we'd talk about making our home domestic churches, you know, but the idea of also turning it the other way and say, how do we make our church a place of home? You know, how do we ter- look at it and say, how is this uh, – really a place where people want to come and, and be together and share experiences and those sorts of things too. Which right. I, right. Yeah. And, and make people feel comfortable I mean, to begin with. Now, at some point we have a challenging message to church. Which absolutely. Might make people uncomfortable. And we'll say all the time to people, growth is outside your comfort zone. Yeah. But I got to feel comfortable first. I mean, people came to Jesus, you know, I was looking at Luke 15, tax collectors and sinners were coming to Jesus. And Why? Because his message was certainly challenging eventually, but he made them feel comfortable at first. And so if we're going to attract people that are outsiders and that aren't coming to church right now, who feel like outsiders and don't have a relationship with Christ in his church, we got to make them comfortable at first. You know, um, Jesus comforted the outsiders and challenged the insiders. So unfortunately, I think as church, we sometimes do the opposite. Yeah, no, that's a good, good, good point. It, now, you all just recently uh, built a, a a new church uh, there because uh, you were really kind of outgrowing uh, just a, a huge number of folks that are that are joining you all on Sundays. And uh, when you all were constructing a new church, kind of building it from scratch, what were some of the things that you were thinking about? as as real priorities to the space because i think sometimes that can be helpful because it says it really focuses in on our priorities like what you know uh because we're going to put a focus on this or this or this and so what were some of those things that you all were thinking about well it's something we had before but we had a cafe so we we built our cafe and we put our cafe right uh as you see come up the driveway you can see it and it's very near to the the sanctuary um, where we worship so that you can go right there on your way out Again, that's creating a spirit of hospitality. Food and drink is yeah. just part of hospitality. Which I love that that's central for you guys. That's that's a uh, and the first thing that you said. But sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's great. Um, so partly putting that proximate to to everything else, or at least not far out of the way. Unfortunately, some place I think they challenge is I find in places that you know they put stuff in the basement or they put things down there, and that yeah. might be the only space they have. But it's very difficult to get people to go downstairs. Sure, uh, sure. So. 
partly number one. So cafe is a huge one for us. We built, we call it the concourse, but we want just space where people can come in and, and kind of gather outside of mass, you know, right away. Yeah. So again, all this is creating fellowship and community. Um, so that was a big thing we didn't have in our old church. You kind of came right in and you were right there. Right. And again, that depends on parishes, um, whatever facilities they do have, but we need to create some kind of space that's, again, there's, there's gathering, not, not beyond like getting food or drink, but just sure. those casual conversations, those kind of spontaneous conversations that have, that also, as people are coming in, um, you know, our I mean, very simple thing, our doors are much lighter. So we would have, again, one of our key things is greeters at That's the door. That's a big thing, especially with families. <laughs> if you're trying to, if you've got the car seat and you're right. trying to yank over an, yeah. a huge door. Now for us, we would hope no one ever actually has to open the door themselves. Again, we don't always get this right, but we would want greeter at the door, open the door. But even that made it lighter for other greeters Absolutely. where they had to like hold the door up with their body before <laughs> versus now very light. Uh, but that's a, you know, a simple thing for us. Another part of the guest experience is we have a couple of different desks now. Again, we, we couldn't have had these before it was too tight, but we have our next steps kiosk. And again, another thing for hospitality for us and driving people to, to come be a part of what we're doing is every time, every week we say, if you are new, this is your first time at church in a long time. Welcome. We are so glad you're here. And if you want to know about how to get more out of this, go to the next steps kiosk. And there we, we talk about, that's where we talk about really our steps of discipleship. Uh, but we also have a guest services desk where if you just need info, we used to call it information, but you need information, where are the bathrooms, those kind of things. Bathrooms are another kind of key thing in hospitality that, uh, that some older churches battle that obviously the bathrooms aren't around, but that's kind of a human needs. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so those are something, you know, just having plenty of bathrooms around and making, keeping those clean. We were talking that a little bit before we, we, we did yeah. this. Keeping things clean is a huge part of us. Again, uh, Father White likes to say, no one else wants to sit in someone else's dirt. And yeah. uh, he is big on that. And uh, I, again, as I go around, I, I really appreciate his his pushing <laughs> that and making that a priority. Yeah. What, and you, you mentioned kind of encouraging folks to go to the Next Step kiosk. Uh, when I, I was uh, home at, at the parish I grew up in, Houston, and they uh, invite you to stand up if you're a guest and visitor, which I hate. I, I, yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I, it, go ahead. Because I, you know, I. <laughs> number one, I'm not right because I I was baptized there. So I, as even as my parents are nudging me to stand yeah. up, I'm like I don't need to stand up. But um, can you share maybe some of those uh, more subtle ways, perhaps we can say it, where you're inviting folks uh, to to feel more a part of the community while not kind of singling yeah, folks no, out. Or at that. It's a common practice, and I don't want to put anyone down, but I'll be the same as you. Like I, I would hate that. I don't. So I think that's where you want to be sensitive to the fact that not everyone's comfortable doing that. Yeah. And I, what I tend to find is the people that want to do that are people really who go to church already. Gotcha. They want to do that, but not the unchurched person. I just want to be anonymous, and I want to be like, now let them self-select. Right. That's the difference. You know, when you say stand up, now I got to either make, I'm going to lie <laughs> like like you because I'm not, or I got to call attention to myself and I'm not really comfortable. I'm not sure I even like these people at all. So let them self-select. That's what we're constantly trying to give people the opportunity. You go if you want to, if right. you're ready. So if we say if your first time or you're relatively new, yeah. you step up and say, hey, I want to make myself known here. And we collect, we give a free gift. That's something that very, like within the last year we've done. Sure. Uh, for us, I mean, it's a copy of our book and it's a, it's a little bit of information, but you could give away anything. Sure. We have a little bag. It's orange. It's kind of stands out so that other people know. So that was a little bit of way. Okay. They've selected. And so now, hey, you could go up to them and say, hey, you knew we're glad you're here. Gotcha. But they've selected that versus, um, 
making them stand up or making them feel uncomfortable. Um, I think just acknowledging, I think when we talk about reaching outsiders, just acknowledge they're there, pretend they are there, even if they are not. Because okay. once you pretend or act as if, might be a better way to say it, they will start coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a good, uh, some good thoughts with it. I uh, One thing is I feel like when uh, folks go to a place like Nativity, uh, and they say, wow, like how on earth are we going to get from where we are to here? You know, like, I, you know, and I think that there can be an, kind of an overwhelming sense of all of the stuff that we have to do now. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder if maybe you could give, you know, three, five, whatever suggestions it might be for things to to start that movement to really be um, a place of welcome for families and whatnot. Well, I, first I want to acknowledge we started there too. We went to some other churches and we saw what they had and we just said, wow, we're never going to get here. Yeah. And some of those places are still, gosh, they're, they're so far above us and we're trying to learn constantly from other places. A lot sure. of the things I'm talking about, like this Next Steps kiosk, we've learned from other places. Uh, we're, so we're just trying to be students like everybody else. Absolutely. Um, but I, th- I think first of all, Again, those hospitality ministries begin by parking greeters, and we call them hosts inside. Those are our number one place I think you can start for people. And that even starts by putting a vision into people, saying, again, we do not exist for us. The church exists to evangelize, exists for the outsiders. Yeah. Jesus' mission was to seek and save the lost. And if our ch- churches that are going to be healthy and growing are going to share in that mission, and they're going to own that mission. Yeah. And so... Even in beginning with some programs people want to start with, what I want to say is continue to start with that vision because hospitality, again, and a desire to re- – we don't need hospitality for insiders. We don't. They come anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think it eventually serves insiders. I think people take a lot more pride and get excited about their church when we produce the, – when we have these ministries of hospitality, but they don't need them necessarily because they're already yeah. in the church. But you have to begin with the vision. We want to reach the people in our community. They're not coming, and therefore we need hospitality. And then I would begin, again, with these, we call it layers of welcoming between parking ministers, greeters at the door, and a lot of places already have greeters. Yeah. And then the host ministers or ushers inside the church. And But it's very important, I think, to paint those people about why we're doing that. We're doing okay. it to because we care about the people that are lost and are not connected to Christ in this church. And drill drill that in. Second, I think, again, begin to look at your space. Is it clean? Is it neat? That's something everybody can do right away. Absolutely. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to spend any you can spend any money. Walk into your space. Be like, if this was, if I was coming the first time, is there, you know, junk around? Is it dirty? Is it clean? Begin by looking at the, the space and keeping it clean as and walk through that experience you would have if you were new for the first time. Um then I think there's also a lot of times in places we have a lot of storage space that could be actually programmatic space. So I do think, like you said, for us, one of the things as a parish, we built this brand new church and we built it because we hope to show other parishes what's possible. Yeah. At the same time, it can be overwhelming. And our old space, sure. it didn't look all that, it wasn't that much impressive, but we took what we had and we used it well. Yeah. So our original kids program was a storage closet. So... <laughs> Look around your space and see how you could be more hospitable to the families. And are you yeah. storing things that you really don't need that could be used as programmatic space on the weekend? So it's kind of my first three steps I would start with. Yeah, and I think that's a good one because a lot of, uh, particularly parishes in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, 
their um, historic churches. So trying to look at the space and really analyze what's possible with that space is, I think, a really helpful one. Uh, Another kind of uh, um, question is, you all identify in your book uh, Timonium Tim. And how... I guess I, I think that that's something too, because I mean, in the Catholic Church, we have like your geographical boundaries and stuff like that. And so I, I wonder, how did you all identify who it is that you're seeking? You know, who who is it that you're you're reaching out to in particular in your area? Because I think that can be, you know, because quite frankly, families look different. And so trying to say, okay, what are the families that we're we're trying to reach uh, in our community? Well, for us, some of it came just from being in the community for a while and looking around. We're in Timonium, so that's why Timonium, Tim, yeah. and, and noticing that everyone pretty much in our area has had some ex- experience with the Catholic Church, whether it's, as we kind of talk about Tim, he went to confirmation classes and then stopped going because his mom stopped making him go to church. Um, so he stopped going to church because his mom stopped making him, uh, that he went to, loyal, you know, for us, Loyal Blakefield, Calvert Hall, you know, um, Kind of you know Notre Dame, uh, so some of this, this Catholic schools right, in the right. area, Maryvale, that we know in some ways they've had some experience with the Catholic Church. So that that I think just somewhat studying your your demographic and who you're around, asking some questions: what do they fear? What's their socioeconomic? Yeah. Um, what has been their experience with church? If you even have, so I was working with the church in in New Jersey, like st- have conversations with people you know not coming to church, why aren't they coming? And yeah. One guy, he, he was deacon at the church, had conversations with his grandkids and his grandsons, and they were t- saying, what are you guys doing on a Sunday instead of coming? Just At this point, everyone pretty much knows somebody in their community that's not coming to church and have those conversations about why they don't come and understand that, because then we can begin to reverse engineer yeah. the experience for them. Nice, nice. I It's funny, I another way uh, I had heard a uh, friend mentioned uh, the supermarket test, kind of going into a local supermarket and seeing who's there, Yeah, uh, which is kind of an initial step because you got to kind of really tease out. Like, I, I like that you have kind of concrete things, you know, okay, it's this guy who went to the Loyola Blakefield or to Calvert Hall or wherever it was and these different schools and things like that. But um, for an initial, I remember uh, that supermarket test going right. in and saying, are these people here? Well, <laughs> like, I, I, they, sold, you know? I don't know if he actually did it, but I asked Father White a couple of weeks ago. He was not... Uh, he kind of took a weekend off, but he wasn't really off. He was hanging around. I'm like, why don't you drive around the community and just see yeah. what people are doing? Because because <laughs> they're not, not here. Yeah, what yeah. He, he didn't have to say all the ma- You know, he didn't have to say the morning masses, and he and he didn't he didn't have to. You know, he wasn't speaking. So I'm like, go ahead, do that. See, I don't know if he actually. I don't even know if he did it, but uh, I should I should follow back up with him. But um, yeah, and I think there there is that. And now for us, we do say Tim too, and this is controversial thing about what we do, but we try for the family to aim for the father. Yeah. And because often we find if we get the father, the mom's willing to come and she's happy if 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 her husband's happy. Now, is that all the cases? No. Does that mean we don't care about anybody else? No, it doesn't. But we f- we focus on that target. Yeah. And then you usually it's kind of, I kind of use the analogy of a dartboard. You, you, you focus on hitting the bullseye. You're going to miss it, but you're going to hit stuff around there yeah. all the time uh, as well. So that's. That's our focus, and I could talk more about that, or if people ever want to argue with me about it. But I no, I think focus. that's good. I mean, but it's 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 a directed focus, and I think sometimes that's the the challenge we're using kind of a shotgun when sometimes right. you should be using a uh, maybe something a little more a little more direct. And I mean, let me just say, I mean, again, I've been 
guilty of this as well. We're, you know, we try to do things to help other parishes and we struggle with who's our main target person. Yeah. And we haven't defined it yet. So that's, I understand the struggle people have with that better. And then this is advice to myself, better sure. just land on something and say it and then let it grow over time. You can get clear, but to have that Timonium, Tim, to have that target audience, that target person just will clarify decisions you make, your communication and help you just to think about it from the, think about the experience from the unchurched person's perspective so much more clearly. Fantastic. Well, uh, I think that's, unless you want to add anything else, I feel like uh, this has been super helpful for me to kind of think through some stuff and sure it will be very helpful to many of our parishes and the diocese and beyond. I think the only thing I would add is just, again, to start where you are, there's God, I think sometimes we think, all right, we don't have the resources we need. We don't have the money, we don't have the funds, but whatever you have right now, God is given to you. And as you use what you have right now, well, God will give you more. And that's definitely been our experience that we didn't, we didn't start out again with the building we have now that is over a process of, of, you know, really about 15 years to get there. So keep you, you know, I love what John Wooden says, do what you can with what you have today. And so I think that's the figure out the resources you do have and then begin to build the hospitality off of that. And again, saying it does begin with a breaking our heart. You know, the spirit, the spirit, you know, flesh is no avail. Spirit gives life. It has to begin with, being moved to want to reach people for Christ. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. And I uh, really appreciate your sharing, sharing your wisdom with us uh, and your experiences there at Nativity. All right. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right. Minivans to Mass is hosted by Edward Herrera. To listen to more episodes and share your ideas about getting more minivans to Mass, visit www.archbalt.org forward slash minivans. Special thanks to Jay Lampart for the editing help, Jack Raybold for the animation in our video, and Catherine Amon for the artwork. This has been a production of the Archdiocese of Baltimore.